This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Hey moms, happy Mother's Day. Angie and I have been praying for you. I hope today is an amazing day and uh, we want you to know we, we are grateful for you. We honor you, not just today, but every day. This morning we are in the second week of a series just, just called The Bible. And we're asking the question, is it reliable or is it just a, a, a relic? Is it something we can trust? Is it something that, that we can have confidence that it's actually the Word of God? Or is it just something that has some good stories and good examples and, and some good morals we can learn from? We began the series last week, so if you didn't see that message, you can check it out on the YouTube page. But this morning, we want to go a little bit further in talking about the Bible. A Bible scholar was asked, hey, if you were to be dropped off on a deserted island in the middle of the ocean and you could only have one book, what book would you choose? And you might think that a theologian would choose the Bible. But this scholar said, no, what I would want is I would want a manual on how to build a sustainable boat. I would want a manual on basic shipbuilding. And the reason he would want that is because he wasn't where he wanted to be. And the only way to get where he wanted to be would be to build a boat because he wanted to be home. And, and the Bible, in so many ways, it, it tells us how to live now and how to get home. God wrote this book so that we could understand how to live now and how to get, get home. But some of the pushback, and one of the things I hear most often as a pastor from people is, man, I, I try to read the Bible, but I just don't understand it. I, I, I don't think it's possible for me to understand it. Oh no, you can understand it. Psalm 119, it's the longest psalm. It's at least twice the length of any other psalm. And the theme of Psalm 119 is the word of God. And Psalm 119 verse 34 says, Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Verse 73 says, Your hands made me inform me. Give me understanding to learn your commands. Verse 125 says, I'm your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. Verse 144, same chapter. Your statutes are always righteous. Give me understanding that I may live. Because the message of the Bible is, hey, God created us to live a life that is incredible. And a lot of people live less than the opportunity they could be having. Verse 169 says, May my cry come before you, Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. So over and over again in this psalm, there's this picture of the psalmist crying out for understanding. And the word of God says you and I do have the ability to understand the message of the Bible. God wrote it to us not to complicate, but to simplify the message of his love for us. So how would your life change if you could understand the word of God? You can. The Bible tells us not only how to get married, but how to stay married. The Bible tells us not only how to enjoy the good days, but how to, how to be present and survive the bad days. The Bible tells us how to raise our children and then how to release our children. The Bible tells us how to grow our business and also how to be resting and be refreshed. The Bible tells us both how to be forgiven and how to forgive. It tells us how to deal with our past so that our past doesn't deal with us. The Bible tells us how to have healthy friendships and also how to be a healthy friend. 
The Bible tells us both how to comfort and how to console. Also how to confront. The Bible tells us what our gifts are and how how to best use them. It tells us what to admire and what to avoid. This book, the, the Word of God, addresses all of life so that you and I can thrive in all of life. This book alone defines life. It defines love. It defines marriage. It defines God. It defines sin. It defines blessings. It defines consequences. It defines eternity and so much more. I think of Psalm 119, verse 105, your word, the Bible, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. And for the light to shine and the path to be visible, we have to understand it. So this morning, I I, want to just touch on how do we understand the Bible? You you don't have to have a PhD in anything. How, How do we today, right now, how do you, how do I, how can we understand the Bible? There are just a few things you have to do to have that, that lamp for your feet and that light for your path and to be guided by God into the life he created you to live. How do we understand the Bible? The first thing, invest time in it. You've got to invest time in it. And, and you might think, time? I don't have any time. Man, I, I barely get everything done that I need to do now. And you're, you're telling me there's something else I need to fit in my day-to-day? There's something else I need to try to make happen in my schedule? Hey, you have the same amount of time as the President of the United States. You have the same amount of time every day as Elon Musk. You have the same amount of time in every day that Steve Jobs had. In fact, the most successful people alive and breathing have the exact same amount of time that you have every single day. The issue in life is not really that we don't have enough time, but it's what we do with our time. Are you spending your time trying to do all the things you think you need to do and letting other people and other things dictate your schedule? Are you spending your time or are you investing your time? And you start, man, investing time in the Bible, 10 minutes a day. Grab the YouVersion app, Y-O-U version, version. It has all the different translations of the Bible. Now, here's what I love about the YouVersion app. It's free, by the way. You can go on and it has hundreds and hundreds of of reading plans. You can do a 10-day reading plan, a 90-day reading plan, a one-week reading plan, a three-day reading plan, a one-year read-through-the-Bible plan, and there are multiple plans where you can set it up and, and give yourself the tools to win in this area and to invest some time and just start with 10 minutes a day. Make a decision to invest the time. If you look at your life and you take everything you've ever read, The novels, maybe the mystery novels, the magazines, and if you're a guy, you're thinking, I don't read, and guys do read far less. It's true, but you read the sports stats. You at least read the ticker at the bottom of the screen telling you the stats. You you read news websites. If, If you were to take everything you've ever read, it might have helped you some. It might have amused you some. It probably intrigued you some and informed you some. But all of that together doesn't come close to comparing what investing 10 minutes a day into reading and understanding the Word of God would do in your life and in my life. I remember in high school, growing up in Texas, in high school we were required to take two years of a foreign language. And I wish I could go back in time because if I could, I would take Spanish. I mean, that would be the most helpful. I wish I'd done that, but for some reason, because I didn't want to do that's what most people are doing, I wanted to do something different, I took French. I took two years of French, Mrs. Sutton, two years of French. She would say 
Every day at the end of class, go and sin no more. Then on Fridays, she would say it's the weekend, go and sin up a storm. I don't know why. She just said that every week. But in her class, it wasn't until I needed to grade that I had to invest the time that I began to understand a little bit about the French language. When I wasn't investing time, I didn't understand anything about it. And with everything coming at you today, with everything coming at me today, with how we're living and the pressure of culture and life and the kinds of decisions that we have to make, and I I think it's essential if you're a follower of Jesus to spend more time reading and beginning to understand the Bible. And I think it'll open the floodgates of, of peace and purpose and the power of God in your life. Why do I need to really understand the Bible? I mean, ultimately, what is the point? Is your life perfect? I mean, as you look at your life, is everything exactly the way you want it to be? You wouldn't tweak or change a thing. Is there any area that you could improve? Or are there some areas that you're thinking have to improve? Something's got to be done. Or are all of your relationships great? Do you know God at the deepest level possible? Do you experience the love of God on a daily basis completely? Do you fully sense the direction of God, the power of God, the guidance of God? Is that always there in your life? If not, this book helps with all of that. I think of Romans chapter 12. The Bible says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. What is the pattern of this world? Confusion, chaos, doubt. With everything that's happening in culture right now, It's really hard to know what the truth is. It's really hard to know what to believe. And the decisions we're making about everything that's happening right now have such huge consequences, and we feel like we're guessing. Or we just buy into this perspective and ignore the rest because it's it's too much to try to process because, because we just don't know. The pattern of this world is confusion. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Be transformed. If, if you really want to change, if you want to see some positive changes in your life, I, I'm not talking about just a little bit here, a little bit there, but I'm talking about those, those tweaks that can lead to giant peaks in your life and mine. If you really want to change, it's the Spirit of God through the Word of God that provides that transformation. We conform to this less than pattern in the world. And because of that, what's the world do? We we live less than marriages. We have less than peace. We live less than financially. We have less than emotional health. We have less than family life. When God offers this incredible way that you and I can be transformed. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. See, your life and my life moves in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And if you want to change your life, you've got to change your thinking. And right here, Scripture tells us, this is how the transformation takes place. It's through the Word of God. That's why God gave us His Word. And when your mind changes, your heart changes. When your mind changes, your emotions change. When your mind changes, it even improves your personality. You become more appealing, more attractive as a person in who you are. When your mind changes, your life changes. It's called transformation. So how do we understand this book? You've got to invest time in it. 
The second thing we've got to do, practice to create patterns. Maybe you've heard the phrase, practice makes perfect. That's not true. I remember one year when Ethan was playing uh, Pop Warner football. He'd moved to a new level and had a new coach, and the coaches he had before were amazing, but at this level he had a new coach. And, and I was watching this guy teach them how to tackle, and he was teaching them the completely wrong way to tackle. He was teaching them when they approached to put their head behind the person. I mean, it, it wasn't even the way you're supposed to tackle. And he had them practice that over and over again, and they practiced, but it didn't make them perfect. Practice doesn't make perfect, but it does create patterns. That's the whole purpose of practice. When when I'm driving home every day, I drive by a football field where high school teams right now are in spring football, and they're they're in training, and they're practicing. Now, their games are months away, after the summer, but they're still practicing. And I remember back in high school, when I played football, we would drive the sled. We practiced blocking. We practiced the stunts. We practiced reading the offense. Practice, practice, practice. Not for, for perfection. You've never seen a perfect football game but because practice creates patterns. Because what you practice is what, what becomes what you do without even having to think. See, some of you, you practice doubting, so you doubt. Or you practice hating, so you hate. Or you practice judging, so you judge. Or you practice laziness, so you're inconsistent. We're all practicing every single day. So is what you're practicing benefiting are harming your life and relationships? Is it getting you closer to or further away from who you'd like to be and how you'd like to live? Winners practice, but so do losers, and they practice differently. Are you practicing winning techniques or losing techniques? Are you practicing reading and understanding the Word of God just a few minutes a day. It doesn't have to feel like a daunting task. It doesn't have to be something where you think, okay, two hours a day, I've got to do this. No, a few minutes a day, and the Word of God is so powerful, that little bit will create big results in your life and in how you think. And we know, Scripture says, it's going to transform us. So we practice, and it becomes more and more a part of our lives and, and it becomes more and more clear the more we practice. So how do we understand this book? How can I understand the Bible? If you've ever thought, man, I can't understand it. Yes, you can. Invest time in it and, and practice to create patterns. The third thing we've got to do, read it with observant eyes. If you rush it, you'll flush it. You've got to read the Bible with observant eyes. It's better to read less while being observant than to read more rushing through and catching nothing. See, those high school players that are practicing every day right now, they see the whole picture, but they also see and know their own part. And that's the way it is with Scripture. You've got to look at the whole picture, the bottom line, but you've also got to look at the parts. The whole picture of a football team is to win the game, but there are the parts. The offense scores and the defense tries to stop the scoring. The line blocks, the receivers catch, the backs run, the linebackers tackle, the corners cover, uh, the D-line tries to disrupt, but they all see the whole picture even though they have their individual parts. To be a great athlete, you've got to be observant and to have a great life and have great relationships and live at the level of greatness as a Christ follower. No matter what's happened in your past, you've got to be observant. Read the Word of God with observant eyes. What's the whole? What's the overall message? If I'm reading in the Gospel of John, what's the overall message? Well, how in the world am I going to know that? 
Hey, there's some simple tools that you can get. They're not expensive. One of them is Haley's Bible Handbook. Haley's Bible Handbook will give you a quick overview. It's an easy read, quick overview of whatever book you're about to be reading each day. And so what's the message of the book? And then what are the parts, the smaller statements that produce big results? The Gospel of John. What's the book about? If you look at Haley's Bible Commentary or Haley's Bible Handbook, it'll tell you it's about the life and ministry of Jesus and how we can know Jesus in a personal way. So if I'm going to begin reading in the Gospel of John, which is basically, I think, a great place to start. If you've never read the Bible, the Gospel of John is a great place to start. It talks about the life of Jesus. You'll become very familiar with the life, the thinking, the patterns of Jesus and who he is for you and me. But as I'm reading it, I want to understand the big picture. Man, God loves me. And John is sharing, inspired by God, about the life of Jesus and how I can know him. But I want to ask the same questions that I learned in elementary school to ask when I'm trying to be observant. As I'm reading the verses, I want to ask who, what, when, where, why, how. So John chapter 3 verse 1 says this. Now there was a Pharisee. A man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. Who was he? He was a Pharisee. He was Jewish. He was a member of the ruling council. So if I'm talking to somebody about Jesus, who is a religious leader, I can talk to him about John chapter 3. They would relate to this guy, Nicodemus. If I'm talking to an educator, because he was an educator. If I'm talking to a politician, because he was a politician. So asking the who question, that's just one question, one verse helps me be observant, helps me grasp more about that verse. Verse 2, when? He came to Jesus at night. Why did he come to Jesus at night? Was he afraid to be seen by others? Did he think at night maybe he would have a little more time with Jesus than when the crowds were around during the day? Why, Why did he come at night? When? He came at night. And why? And you begin to place yourself in that verse and think through and process and be observant. And in a few moments, you'll get a whole lot out of the Word of God each day. How do we understand this book? Invest time in it. Practice to create patterns. Read it with observant eyes. And also, interpret the meaning. Now, there are different ways to interpret what Scripture is saying. Don't ever have something you're dealing with in life. This is ridiculous. I've seen people do this. Man, I'm dealing with something. I need to make a decision. And they just flip their Bible open and point at a verse and start reading. That can be dangerous. That's not really interpreting the Bible. Also, it's foolish to go to the Bible and choose and pick verses and take them out of context to build a case about what you already want to do. You're you're trying to take things out of Scripture to build a case for what you want to do, and it has nothing to do with what Scripture actually uh, teaches. A lot of people do that. You can get real caught up in spirituality by pulling verses out of the context that has nothing to do with Jesus or the Word of God. You interpret the Bible in context. Leave it in context. What was happening in history? Haley's Bible Handbook will help you with that. It'll tell you. You say, man, for the next two months, I'm going to read through the Gospel of John. Before you do, just read Haley's Bible Handbook. Just a, It's a couple of pages that'll let you know what was happening in history. What was the context? What was being addressed? What was the writer trying to communicate? And then you can cross-reference the verses If you have a concordance in your Bible with other verses, if you don't know what that word concordance is, Google it. Basically, it connects verses with other places, similar themes or similar words were used in Scripture so you can get a greater understanding. 
oh, this is the only time this word is ever used. It has a unique meaning. Or, oh, this word was also used, or this phrase or verse was also used over here. Oh, Jesus is saying this in the Gospels, but he's talking about something that actually happened back in Isaiah. And it's going to give you a greater context and understanding. And I would rather read two or three verses going through this process and understanding them more fully than to read two or three chapters guessing about what it means. It's going to impact your life in a greater way. How do we understand this book? Invest time in it. Practice to create patterns. Read it with observant eyes. Interpret the meaning. And then apply what I'm reading to my life. You can do the first four things, and it's meaningless without the fifth. You you and I, we have to apply this. This book is meant to be lived. It's meant to be applied to our lives because God speaks to us in our pain, in our sorrow, in our failures, in our blessings, regarding our purpose and our direction. It is a living book. And you know what I know that I know that you also know? We don't think about this directly, but you and I only believe the areas of the Bible that we put into practice in our lives. You don't believe what you say you believe. You believe in what you actually live. And the things we read in the Bible that we actually bring into practice in our lives, we believe that. The things we read in the Bible that we ignore, you don't really believe that. But listen to James chapter 1, verse 22. The Bible says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So when the theologian was asked, If you're on an island in the middle of the ocean, alone, a deserted island by yourself, what book would you want? He wanted a manual on basic shipbuilding. And maybe today, you're living on an island of despair. Hey, you've got a manual on how to build your life in a way that will get you home. Maybe today you're living on an island of anger. You've got a manual on how to build your life and get you home. Maybe today you're living on an island of loneliness or an island of hopelessness. Or or maybe you're living in an island of insignificance. You have access to a manual that will show you how to build your life and get you home. Maybe you're living on an island of betrayal or an island of guilt or shame, an island of complacency. Or maybe maybe you're living on that island of feeling like you've just gone too far and it's too late. You and I, All of us have a manual that shows us how to build our lives and get us home. And you can get home. And you can have the life God created you to live. It's not too far gone. It's not lost on you. It's not never going to happen. You don't have to settle for less than or second class. You have access to the same Bible that I do and everybody else does. So what are you going to do with it? Would you pray with me today? I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes right there wherever you're watching. And maybe today you know that the message of the Bible, the message that God loves you, that he wants to know you in a personal way, and he wants you to know him. Maybe you know the deepest need in your life is to give your life to Jesus and begin that personal relationship. If that's where you are, I want to invite you just to pray a very simple prayer. Right where you are, just say, dear God, I know that I need you. Jesus, please come into my life, forgive my sin, and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, 
I'd love to know that. I want to invite you to shoot me a text. Just put your first name. That's all you need to do. Just your first name and shoot it to 407-487-8311. The reason I ask you to send me this text is because I want to be able to pray for you by name today. I want to be able to pray for you by name throughout the week. We'd love to reach out to you so that I can send you a free gift because you really do matter to us. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at givec3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.